Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. I want to read to you the beginning of Ephesians, the beginning of this book, but I want to read to you out of a different version so we don't have it on the screen. And I want you to just kind of soak it in because sometimes when you read a different version just to read it, that's not normally the version you uh, study and look into the Word of God. Sometimes something stands out to you. And so I want you just to listen for the, to the first 14 verses this morning and just listen to what the New Living Translation, how it says. There's a couple of things I'll point out along the way, but I just want you to hear this in a different way. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.1, this is the letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. Notice he's writing to God's holy people who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Now listen to the next several verses as these words are written to God's holy people. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Why are we blessed? Because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us And chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and gave it him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us his he has showered us his kindness upon us along with wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure, and this is that plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Now, if that doesn't give you hope today, I don't know what will. At the right time, he's going to bring everything together under his authority. Everything in heaven on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and makes us makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit with whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and 
and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Powerful words that Ephesians tells us this morning. I'm sure all of you, I like this version because it kind of simplifies some of the, the stronger theological words that are found in this passage. I like this passage because in the New Living Translation because it tells us something very powerful. You see, in our American idea, we usually individualize everything that you find in Scripture where we see words like he chose us ahead of time. But what the Bible was saying here is not that he chose you individually, picked you out, and that there was no chance that you would have any kind of decision along the matter because we don't preach that in this church. We believe that you have to believe Jesus Christ Christ. You have to be born again. We believe that you got to exercise your faith. We believe that you got to trust in the Lord and that you got to repent and be saved in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that there is a react, there's an action that is required of you in order to be saved, that you have to come to the Lord and receive him. So what this word is not just speaking individually, it's speaking to the church in whole. It's saying that God and the history of histories in time eternal all the way in history behind us. He has chosen us, chosen us, the church, and said we should be without fault. We should be blameless. We should be unto him a chosen vessel, a royal priesthood. We should be wonderful. We should be whole. We should be pure. We should be made well in the eyes and in the power and the presence of God. Now, I hope that picks you up today. I hope that encourages you today. I hope that blesses you today because the reality of life is, is that there are times that you've got to recognize that it's not just you out there all by yourself. You get blessed when you're in the house of God, in the church together. This is where healing comes. This is where deliverance comes. This is where the praise of God goes up. This is where the beauty of holiness is magnified when we come together if you want to receive something from the Lord you come together with your brothers and sisters in Christ and you receive from the Lord you receive from God and so what God has spoken to us and I I really wanted to preach all this I really wanted to just delve deep with inside of these passages here but but the Holy Spirit focused me on the latter end of it so as a cause of introduction I want you to hear this and notice that we are looking to this day and age that we are living in I believe there there's certain things that we've got to wake up and recognize beyond anything that we have to see today is that we are truly living in a day where the church is under assault as never before. That you are living in an atmosphere that you have never seen before. You are, we are living in an era that, that has been other times. And I'm speaking of in America. There has been persecution in other countries. There's been all these other things in other lands. But we are living today in America where the hostility that we are seeing come against the church has escalated over the last several months and weeks. Even such that we have never seen before I want to tell you that should be the most exciting thing you've ever seen in your life and you're thinking what that wasn't what I thought you were going to say because listen there is a spiritual principle that you have to recognize that you have to really get within yourself 
that when times are the bleakest, when times are the darkest, when it doesn't look like there's any hope and there's no escape, you are a candidate for the move of God as such as you have never seen before. I guarantee you that's the way it works. It's the way it works. You, there, it does not mean I don't understand the spiritual principle that is found in the kingdom of God because I am fleshly. I am, I am carnal because I live in a, amongst a carnal people. I live amongst this atmosphere and there's nothing we can do about it. You're the same boat as I am. We perceive this world through our flesh. And God allows these trials and troubles and struggles in order to get our attention and to get us to understand understand that he wants to do a thing that's going to amaze that's going to deliver that's going to transform but we've got to go through this testing and trial to get there now the best the the best example i could give you is that anybody that's ever been an athlete or athletics or understands this concept is that you, there are a lot of people that really would love to be some of these basketball players on, on when they play in the NBA, and, but they don't pay attention to what they're doing before they get to the game. You know, the little bit that they play on, in, on the NBA, that two hours or three hours or whatever they're playing, they have spent hours and hours and hours and hours sacrificing behind the scene and working and, and running and to get themselves in shape in order just to play a two-hour game. You see, what God shows us is that the trials that he brings within your life are conditioning you for the blessing that he's going to pour out. Because if he just dropped revival on you, you would not be able to handle it. And you would misuse it and you would, it, would, it, would, it would impact you in a negative way. And God has a blessing that he wants for you personally, that he wants to bless you with, that he wants to empower you with, that he wants to take you into the next level. But you've got to go through these things in order to get to that thing. And one of the, one of the people that studied revivals, I was reading a guy this week, and he said this. So before every great revival, the enemy has an assignment, and he wants to wear out the saints. He, re- he, he said this, this man. He said, have you found yourself feeling stymied in your ministry, questioning your gifts, wondering whether you have God's favor over your life in ministry, feeling like a failure, struggling with divisions in your family and your, or your ministry? Laboring against a sense of futility? Has it been difficult to hold on to your sense of hope? If you hold a position of leadership, have you suffered accusatory attacks that seem to have no adequate foundations? Are your relationships confused? He asked all these questions because this right now is the, is the forerunner of a normal battle plan that the enemy uses against you to get you upset, to get you out of church, to get you away from God, and to get you to stop moving in the way God wants you to move. Because God has chosen you and chosen to bless you. Holy Spirit this week has led me to the book of Job, and I've been reading and and going through the book of Job, and it's been fascinating to me to just hear Job speak 
in all the things. And one of the things that is standing out to me over and over is that as Job has lost all that he has and everything that he, that he has held to, his, his successes in life, all these things that he has said came from the Lord and he lost it all, his friends show up and say, man, what sin did you do? Because, man, you're not living right. And Job says, I didn't do anything. I had nothing to do with this. I woke up one day and everything that I had, all that my, all my family is dead, all my children are dead, my home is gone, my health is gone, my wife who's basically wants to leave me and tells me to curse God and die. Everything was stripped of me. And so now I'm just sitting here with these ashes and taking this thing and scraping my skin because these boils are driving me nuts. I didn't do anything. And he says... And it, but everybody looks at you, and we, oh, if you know the end of the book, and if you know what happens at the end of the story, is that God is going to bless Job a double portion upon his life. That God has selected Job to bless him. That's the point of the whole book. But in order for God to bless him at the magnitude that God wanted to bless Job, he had to go through a trial that, that, that was going to that was going to allow him to recognize the beauty of what God was going to give. And I want to speak to you today, and I want you to hear from your pastor, and I want you to hear this from my heart because I believe that God has revealed this to me so that I may speak into your lives, that you may receive your encouragement and your hope. And that is Satan has desired to have a spiritual attack upon the saints of God to wear us out. But God has decided that he is going to bless us. The Bible tells us in Daniel 7.25, He shall speak great words, Satan, against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. What Satan wants to do is wear us out and change the time and change the law. Daniel 7.25, look it up. That's, what, that's his attack. That's what he wants to do in order to push us down, in order to throw us away, in order for us to say what is going on so we don't even know which way we are pointing and what direction we are headed into. And I want to tell you this morning that God has, as I've been praying over this church and where we are headed, that prior to my arriving here, that there has been a trial after trial after trial and struggle after struggle after struggle and the enemy has tried to wear us out and try to change the direction that God has in store for the church. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus still loves us. Jesus still cares. Jesus still knows. And some of you this morning are facing things that you have are stunned at the magnitude of what you are facing. Some of you are going through things in life that you would have never even imagined would ever come upon you. But I'm here to say to you that God is still in control. He's still on the throne. He still has all power. Let me read to you the end of this in Daniel 7, 25. After, after all that, after he says all that, the, the, then verse 26 though says, so he's, Satan's got his plan. 
But then what God's response is, is, but the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. I want you to hear today that I believe it doesn't matter what the laws of this land may say. It doesn't matter what the laws of this world may say. It doesn't matter what we, that we may say. God is going to sit down on the throne. He is in control. And we, whether you believe in him or not, he's still king. Whether you want to respond to him or not, he's still king of kings and lord of lords. Whether you want to reach out to him or not, he's still him that is sitting high, high above all things. He's still there. He's still in control. And he's only allowing this to go so far because he's got a plan for you and us. I want you to receive this this morning because this encouragement comes because I believe God is positioning us over the next few weeks to go through this book of Ephesians, this little letter that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus, that he's telling these people, you, you saints, you the ones, and I believe as it's the word of God, it's divinely inspired for us, and he is speaking to us, and he's saying that you have to hear this word for this time today, that we need to be the children of God again, and we need to hold up the power and authority of Christ again. We need to have these things because God wants to do a mighty thing amongst us therefore verse 15 in Ephesians 1 15 therefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers first thing I want you to grab out of this this as we go forward number one Two powerful things that are going to get you through dark times right now. Number one, have faith in God. You got to start there. You have to start with faith in God. You've got to believe that you may not understand about the tragedy. You may not understand about the crisis. And I keep, I apologize for fiddling with this thing. It just keeps doing this on me today. I don't know why. I'll have to figure it out tomorrow. There we go. Sorry. You have to recognize that if you have faith in God, God is going to be pleased with your life. Without faith in God, you're not going to be able to endure the trial. I mean, without faith in God, you have no hope. Without faith in God, there is no, who's going to deliver you? Who's going to set you free? You're only as good as your talents and skills are going to get you through in this life. And, and, and that's not fair. And, and because some of us are not as talented as others. I mean, I can tell you, I really, 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 I tried it as a kid. I was a, a teenager. I tried to jump from the foul line on the basketball court. And hold my tongue out like Michael Jordan. I tried. Over and over and over again. Unless it was a four foot rim, I wasn't going to dunk it. Some of us have talents that we just, other people don't have. I, I mean, I know they tell you you can do anything you want. That's just being nice. Because you can't. You can't do anything you want. 
because you are limited by your body. There are times when I, when I was wanting to be, and that's what I was trying to explain to my son. He, he would be upset. He'd be all mad. Daddy, I just, I'm not as fast as some of the kids. I said, it doesn't matter if you're fast. You're big. Just hit them. <laughs> you know, you got to get what your, your, your skill is. No, I didn't tell him to hit them. But you got you to gotta look what you're good at and what your skill set is and where you are. Listen, when my, my wife and I, she is math. I mean, really smart in math. I go get the calculator if I got to do something on the on math. I'm the grammar person. I'm the one that has the, the, the I, like, I, I like languages and I like listening to words and all that kind of stuff. And, and she doesn't like that as much as I do. And I hate math probably more than she doesn't like English. She, but she's just whiz at it. Just try to test her. Her sister's got this weird gift that if you tell her three words and she'll tell you how many letters are in those words. And then when you get her started, this is just being me. Because if you get her started, she can't stop. So if you keep talking, she keeps telling you how many numbers or how many letters are in the words that you're speaking, and she gets mad at you, and we'd have to quit. Some people have weird gifts, y'all. Some people have these things. We can't all be what we want to be, but we got to find what we're good at and work on that and excel in that. The Bible tells us that when you, but for each one of you, Faith is not one of those things that is just this person has and that person doesn't. If you, have, if you are sitting here this morning, you have faith because God has given every person a measure of faith. You have faith to be able to go through any trial, any struggle, and I'm telling you, it's going to take faith to get through this. It's going to take faith that you don't know what the answer is going to be. You just know that the answer is coming. You don't know how it's going to be. You just know the answer is coming. Faith is one of the most important things that you have to have. Second, through trials, is not only faith, but you got to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I mean really work at loving them because this is where the enemy wants to hit you. Because if you're going through trials and fire and struggle, one of the first things you're going to do is you're going to be wounded because of life that is coming at you. And Satan sees you wounded and sees you limping. So he's going to sister, send sister know-it-all over to you and going to irritate you and rub you the wrong way and get you mad to get you out of church. It's the truth. And so the reality is, is that you have to recognize that the love of your brothers and sisters destroys the division that the enemy wants to send to the church. And just know that the enemy has set up a plan against you to take you out, to destroy your family, to destroy your house. And even though sister so-and-so said that, notice that that has nothing to do with the plan of God for you in your life. And love them anyway. Love anyway. So two powerful things are faith in the Lord and love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The biggest gift that God can give you outside of your salvation is that you can have wisdom in order to do what you need to do in life. Wisdom is something that is sorely lacking in a lot of places that we look. 
wisdom to know which way God is calling us, not what the world is pulling us to. But when you have faith in God, what's God going to do? He's going to begin to give to you revelation knowledge that this is somebody that's pleasing me. So I'm going to show them how to live their lives. I'm going to show them revelation knowledge that they're going to be able to glean from the pages of Scripture and show them what and how to live their life. How many of you ever read the word of God and just a verse almost highlighted in front of your eyes and lit up and you're thinking, wow, I'm really noticing this for the first time, but I've read this before. The reality is, is that God has given you revelation knowledge just then that you saw this for the first time and that maybe you've never seen and God just opened up your mind. God, because you have faith in him, you trust the Lord. Now, verse 18 goes on and describes this further, the, that the eyes of your understanding, or in, in Greek, your heart, that's where we get the song, the eyes of your heart being enlightened, so that your eyes be of your heart, your, your understanding, your inside, your soul, that it would be opened up, that you would understand the, the power and the presence of God. That you would understand what God is doing that you're going to be able to receive from him. Let's look at what he's saying. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling. What is hope? Hope is recognizing that I am going to make it. One of the worst things that you ever can take away from somebody is hope. I'm using a lot of sports analogies, but you can tell in a game when the team has lost hope. They just give up. They just give up and they quit playing as hard as they did the first for a couple of quarters or whatever they've played. You can see it written all over them because then the other team seizes upon that and sometimes they start piling it on even more. The reality is, is when you lose hope, there's something about our nature that when we lose hope, we lose the ability to cope with the things that are surrounding us and it begins to crumble all the way down. But I'm telling you, when you have faith and you're loving your brothers and sisters in Christ, God, number three, is going to open the eyes of your heart or open your understanding so that you will begin to have hope that you're going to make it that you're going to make it through all of these things the hope of his calling he called you he spoke to you he's called forth you out of darkness into his marvelous light he has chosen you before the foundation of the world the bible says you're part of the church you're part of those that love jesus christ and so there is hope today for you and your family your home everything there is hope for you today because jesus has called you then he goes on and says in that latter part of the verse, verse 18, what are the riches of the glory of the, his inheritance in the saints? What riches that God is going to give you as inheritance? Inheritance is something that you get because you're part of the family. You know, there are people that pass away every day, but you don't see a check from it. Why? Because you're not part of their family. I'm not being mean, it's just reality. Is that there are people when they leave inheritances to someone, they leave it to their children or grandchildren or on and on and on. And there's not a thing wrong with that. It's their inheritance they work for and they want to they pass it down to, to those that are, uh, that are following them. What God is telling us 
is that you have an inheritance because Jesus has called you forth out of darkness, brought you here, you're part of the family, and you should recognize that you don't have to live with your head down, crying out, woe is me, what am I going to do? You can stand up, walk out of here with your head held high, and the fires of hell may be raging around you and recognize, I have hope because I have an inheritance that God is going to come through in my life. Because I am part of the family. You know, someone said, someone said at one time in all these philosophical discussions that, that and back in the 60s and 70s that they were saying that God is dead. Now they've come out with movies and saying God is not dead. And I think there's coming out one next year, God is not dead, part two. We, in case you didn't get the message first time, we got a part two about it. That was a joke. There really is one though coming. God, so the message goes out, God is dead. God is dead. I want to tell you something. God is not dead. You know why? Because you're part of the family, and nobody told us. Because when I have a family member die, somebody tells me about it. You're getting it, brother. God is not dead because I'm part of his. How do I know I'm part of his family? Because he's called me forth. I'm born again. I'm not the same person I was before I met him. I'm a whole new individual than I was before that moment. I've been changed. I've been washed. I've been set free from my sin. My, my, my things, my scars that, that I carried around with me were healed by the blood of the lamb. I am a new creation. The Bible tells me old things have passed away and be old things have become new. Listen. I haven't heard any word from anybody that tells me that God is dead because no one's told us we're part of the family. You, you are, you have an inheritance. You have a place around the table of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have a place in this family here. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, this is where everybody wants to get to. Everybody wants to get to this part about power. They want to get power. They want to get authority. They want to have all these things. Listen, God will not give you power if you don't believe him and you don't love your brothers and sisters. He won't give you the power that you're after. He won't give you. So if you come down here, and we're Pentecostal. So if you come down here and you're seeking the power of God over your life, listen, if, you, if you're not seeking God and you're seeking the power, you're missing a point. God is the source of the power. God is the authority behind the power. And he's the one that gives it to you. We want you to receive power from on high. But we want you to receive power while you're seeking Jesus. Not while you're seeking some power. This, we don't want, want you to be Simon the Magician. We don't want you out there trying to get something for money so that you can, so that you can have power over a situation or, or control the tides or whatever. We're not about that kind of thing. We're about seeking God. And seeking his authority over this place and over our lives. You want power today? Get the one that has the power, Jesus Christ. And so you have power because of Jesus working in you. The exceeding greatness of his power toward us. 
So I want to tell you, what, what, what's the level of the power? We've gone through all the place to get to this point. What is the level of power? Now, God, Paul tells us in verse 20, this power is which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now, if you understand what this is talking about, we might have an old-fashioned Pentecostal lap around this place. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, the old-fashioned Pentecostal lap, that's when somebody gets excited and just takes off running. The reality is, is that all the sin of the entire world was laid upon the back of our Savior. Every single, you think you have a hard time dealing with your sin before you met Jesus? Imagine that times 7 billion people right now on the planet Earth. Every person's sin was laid upon his back. And that's just in our day. Go back before none of these people were alive. And all the people that have ever lived or ever will live, all of their sin, all of their pain, all of their disease, all of their destructiveness, all of it was laid on his back at Calvary. So when he was dead, he wasn't just barely dead. He was dead, dead. Everything, sin destroys. It destroys, it kills. And the Bible tells us that he was made sin for us. Everything was laid upon him. All of it. But, Paul says here, the power of God, the power of God went into that tomb and through all that sin and through all that pain and through all that trial, and through all that struggle, and through everything that what every person would have ever experienced, and reached into that tomb, and Jesus came alive. That's power. That's not just my sin. That's not just your sin. That's everybody's sin. And that power of God reached in there, and the grave could not contain him. The power of God's might was shown forth on that day, and the, the stone was rolled away, and Jesus walked out of that tomb. That's the power of God resonating in Jesus' life. The authority that God has, the power that God has, is an imaginable power. It's the same power that spoke this world into existence. The same power that said, let there be light and light shows up. Let there be trees and trees showed up. Let there be fish and fish showed up. Let there be all these things. Let there be you and you showed up. This power of God speaking forth things into existence also reached into that tomb. His mighty, exceeding power of God. Now, go back one verse. Verse 19. The same power that created, the same power that resurrected, the same power that emanated inside of him is the same power working in you right now. You might hear that. I mean, you have trouble? Guess what? The power of God 
is working in you right now. You've got trials, you've got struggles. The power of God that was that that the burden, listen, it's there. It, we, we, I just need a little sliver of that power. I don't need all that power. I just need a little bit to get me up and out of my trial, to get me up and get going. Let me tell you, God says, no, you don't just have a little bit of it. Everything that you have need of is yours. The power of God, all of it is available to those who are in Christ Jesus. The power of God that just covers us. That covers this place. That covers each one of you. Your trial. Your pain. Whatever you're facing in your family today. Whatever you're going through in life. Whatever you're facing right now. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead. is the same power working in you today. You can be free today. You can be whole today. All chains can be broken off of you today. There's nothing you have to worry about today. Because you have your hope in Christ Jesus our Lord. The power of God is available to you today. Amen. Praise God. This. This power. Verse 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who feels all in all. Think about your body for a minute. When you have a cut on your arm, your body naturally begins to send the proper things in order to begin to heal your arm. And it begins to send all those white blood cells and red blood cells. It begins to, your blood begins to coagulate and begins to form a scab. And everything begins to work so your body will heal. What would it be if you, if you cut your arm and your body said, well, the arm's kind of, I don't need my arm today. I'm just not going to heal it. It'd be weird. Something's wrong with it. The reality is, is that you are the body of Christ Jesus, the church of God. You are His body. And if you are going through pain, if you are wounded today, every bit of healing that is available in Christ Jesus is available to you right now. He's not going to withhold anything from you. He's not going to withhold anything from you in your life. Every bit of healing is yours today. It's yours today. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.